Why don't we bless his name right now? Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and bless the name of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would, real quick, just grab your Bibles. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 17 through 21. And then I'll let you be seated. Amen. I... We had a we, we we had God's you know the presence of the Lord here and He's still here and and I feel the presence of the Lord so strongly this morning and I, I believe that what God wants to do is going to be facilitated through the preaching of the Word this morning and so please if you'll just join with me help me preach this morning Amen we'll get through this but I got a message I believe that that God wants His people to hear this morning He wants to encourage us this morning and He wants to strengthen us through the preaching of the Word First Peter chapter one verses seventeen through twenty one says, and if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Forasmuch as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation. That word conversation could be behavior. Your vain behavior uh, received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, and this is a key, but with the precious blood of Christ. You weren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. That verse it simply means that the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. It was a plan of God all along for there to be a lamb who for sinners was slain. And, and it, was, it was God's plan all along. But now in that day, it, through Jesus Christ, it had been manifested. That plan had been manifested through Jesus. Who by him, who by Jesus do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. I want to preach to you this morning from this simple title. It's the title of a song as well. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. If you don't mind, just putting your Bibles down, lifting your hands to the Lord right now. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I love you this morning, and I thank you for your presence that I feel here in this house. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would touch us today. Lord, I'm asking that you would anoint me to preach your word. Let your word go forth with compassion. Let it go forth and, and do your work today. Let it go forth without hindrance. Allow our hearts and minds to receive your word this morning. Lord, I'm asking that you speak to your people. I don't want it to be me speaking. I want you to speak through me today. So cover me in your blood and let me speak under the anointing of the Holy Ghost today and let your people hear what the Spirit would say to the church today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Blood is an amazing thing. By the way, I know Easter was last week, but and, and it may not be politically correct to preach on the blood, except on Easter anymore, but I, I gave up on being politically correct a long time ago. So... Y'all can just forgive me or hate me or whatever you want to do. I'm preaching on the blood. Amen. I know it was the blood. And blood, blood is an amazing thing. We, we don't talk about it like we, like we ought to talk about it. That's all right. He's just excited about the blood. It's, it's all right. He's got a lot of blood flowing through his veins right now. It's all right. It's not bothering me. <laughs> blood is awesome, right? Uh, blood can be kind of ugly and gory, too. And so, you know, it, it's not, you know, PC to, to talk about the blood. But we're going to talk about it anyway. 
Um, blood supplies all of the life-giving stuff that our body needs to all the parts of our body. If it wasn't for your blood, the air that you breathe in your lungs would never get to the rest of your body. Right? It delivers nutrients to your body. When you eat the food that you eat, the way the nutrients get to your body is through the bloodstream. And, and you wouldn't be alive if your blood did not flow. The sugars and the amino acids and the fatty acids and the proteins and all those things that need to get to your body get there through the blood. The blood also removes waste material from your body. It get ri gets rid of all the junk that you don't need. The blood also helps to protect your body from infection. There's a healing quality in the blood. There's, the blood transports hormones and the blood transmits messages and the blood helps to fight those diseases. I mean, blood is pretty cool stuff. I mean, it, it literally carries life to every portion of your body. And if the blood doesn't flow to a portion of your body, that part of your body will fall off and die or die and fall off. And maybe cause all kinds of other problems as well. Right. And that's why, you know, you don't hold your breath for very long. When you hold your breath, then you're not getting any oxygen. And why you, your blood is not going to flow right and it's not going to get the oxygen to your body. And and that's why you don't tie a cord really tightly around your finger. And your finger starts turning purple and all that. Right. Mama always told you don't do that. Right. And the reason she told you not to do that is because it cuts the flow of the blood off. And when that happens. That finger is going to be gone. Right. So I love how God uses natural things to, to portray spiritual truths. Because just like blood is the carrier of life in our natural bodies, and just like without the blood there is no life, so blood is necessary and vital to our spiritual lives as well. Amen? That's why Peter said that we are redeemed by something that is far greater than silver and gold. We are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Now, notice he doesn't call gold and silver precious. Now, in our day and age, gold and silver are considered precious metals. But Peter doesn't call silver and gold precious because he knows something that is far more precious than silver and gold, and it's called the blood of Christ. It's a, it's a play on words, if you will. But there is something precious, valuable, wonderful about the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? It goes all the way back to the beginning when man first sinned. Because you see, sin demands justice. Romans 6 and 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, but sin, sin messed everything up because, see, when God created us, he created us with this, this grand plan, this, this beautiful idea, this, this ideal to be in un, unbroken fellowship with him. And it was this great and awesome thing. But sin messed it all up. Sin causes us to forfeit God's plan for our lives. Sin causes us to forfeit the blessings that he has promised us. And as a matter of fact, sin causes us to forfeit our lives to divine justice. 
it's kind of like God gave you something, but because you sinned, he takes it away. He's the one that gave us life, but because of sin, now death is the penalty for sin. And now that life needs to be taken away. Think about it like this. You give your teenager the keys to the car, and you put certain parameters around it, right? Don't drive, only drive so fast. Make sure you wear your seatbelt. Don't crash into anything. Get back by a certain time. All that stuff, right? They don't follow those parameters. What do you do? Give me the keys back, right? You, you can't have those keys. You, you, you messed up, right? And, and so this thing called sin has greater consequences than that, right? Because they're eternal consequences. And so now we have to, because of sin, man has to give everything back to God. We have to give back the abundant life that he promised. We have to give back the health that he promised. We have to give back the peace that he promised. We have to give back the divine protection that he promised. We have to give back the divine guidance that we promised. And we end up wandering around through the earth with no purpose in our life. And it's all because of sin and there's no hope in our life all because of sin. The justice demands that the wages of sin is death. But I'm thankful, and I know I'm preaching a little bit of the same stuff that I preached last week, but God told me to preach it again, so I'm preaching it again. Mercy is the other side of God. The the side of justice said, you got to die because you're a sinner. you got to die because you violated my commands. That's the divine side of justice. That's the justice side of God. But I'm thankful for the other side of God, which is the side of mercy, which is the gift of God, which is eternal life, which is redemption through the precious blood of Christ. Amen? I don't know about you this morning, but I am thankful for a merciful God. Amen? I'm thankful for a God whose mercies are brand new every morning. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 8. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. And verse 6 says and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I am thankful for the grace and the mercy of God this morning. Is there anybody else that's thankful for that? I would not be here without that grace and without that mercy. You see, there's nothing that I can do to save myself. There's no works that I can do that are good enough. I can't feed enough hungry people. And I can't clothe enough people that don't have clothes. I can't shelter enough homeless people to save my own soul. And nothing's wrong with those things. It's great to feed hungry people, and it's great to to help out shelters, and it's it's great to feed people and, and do all those things. There's nothing wrong with those things, but none of those things can save my soul. Salvation is the free gift of a gracious and a merciful God. 
All I have to do is obey the gospel, and I am saved by grace through faith. His justice demands my death, but his mercy demands that I live and sit with him in heavenly places and experience his goodness to the fullest. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. Because otherwise I'd have been zapped dead a long time ago. I mean, I, I, I'm one of those guys that might have got swallowed up by the earth. Some of the things I did. Right? I, I might have been the one that got fire called down from heaven on my head. And not cloven tongues like as a fire with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about real fire that burned you up. That might have been me if it had not been for the grace and the mercy of God. There are, so, there are psalms, entire psalms that are written with the last phrase of the entire, ver, the entire chapter of the entire psalm. says, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 86 verse 5 says, for thou, Lord, art good. And everybody needs to hear this. If, if, if you can write this down or open up your Bible to Psalm 86 and verse 5, you need to underline this, highlight it, circle it, whatever you do to make it stand out. For thou, Lord, art good and what? And ready to forgive. There is a divine side of God that is justice and, and requires judgment. But he is also a God that is ready to forgive. And plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Lamentation 3, 22 and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God is a merciful God. He's ready to forgive. Anybody with me this morning? Anybody else besides me need the mercy of God? Come on, somebody. I mean, we need to understand that. No, it doesn't matter how far I've gone. It doesn't matter how bad I've been. The mercy of God is still available to me if I will just call on his name. But the fact remains that justice still demands death. Sin has a death penalty. That's just the way it is. And the other requirement, because death is required, is that there's a requirement of bloodshed. Hebrews 9.22, I think I use this in almost every message I preach. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. So both death and shedding of blood are necessary. I came to preach you this morning from this title. I know it was the blood. Why blood? Why, why is it so important? What, what, what's so important about blood? Well, it's all explained in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement. Everyone say atonement. To make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. The life is in the blood. The wages of sin is death. Which means I have to give up my life because of my sins. And the life is in the blood. So when blood is spilled, then life is spilled out. And so they're almost synonymous, death and shedding of blood. It all has to happen. 
But God, not wanting man to die, instituted a covenant in the Old Testament in which blood could be substituted for life. That's why blood is important. Because blood represents life. And in the covenant that God made with man, blood substitutes life or substitutes death. So in the Old Testament covenant, it was the blood of bulls and goats that substituted and made an atonement for our sins, for the sins of man. And it kept God from issuing the death penalty. It was the blood of bulls and goats that kept God from issuing the death penalty to the people who were sinners. And how many of you know we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God? Y'all out there acting like y'all don't need mercy. Man, I, I need mercy, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you can be holy if you want to, and I'm glad if you are, and I hope you are, but man, I need the blood. <laughs> I need mercy. And so the blood made the atonement. But can I tell you this morning that atonement is not enough? Boy, it got real quiet. Y'all looking at me like, what is he talking about? I thought that's what it's all about. It's all about atonement, right? You know what atonement means? It means a covering or a pacifying of anger. The only thing that the blood of bulls and goats could do was pacify God's anger towards sin and cover it for a little while. That's what atonement was. That's why the priest had to go in on the day of atonement every year. And he had to take the blood with him and go before the altar. And that blood that he took into the Holy of Holies, he took in with him and it made an atonement. And it covered up the sins for one more year. And it pacified God's anger towards sin for one more year. Why did God destroy the earth with a flood? Because he was angry about the sin of mankind. But then after that, his heart kind of, he, he didn't, he didn't want to do that anymore. So now he's trying to, to bring about a new thing. And so he said, you know what, I'm not going to destroy the earth with a flood anymore because I don't want mankind to die. I don't want to do that anymore. And so the blood of bulls and goats would make an atonement and pacify the anger of God towards sin. And, and there's a lot of things out there in the gospel now that want to tell us that God's not an angry God. He's just a God of love. And, 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 and look, I never want to portray God as being only a God of anger, but he is a God of anger and he is a God of judgment and he will judge. I know Tupac used to sing only God can judge me, but guess what? My answer to that has always been, yeah, and he will. Well, y'all don't like me this morning. Only God can judge you. That's absolutely right. It's not my job to judge you. It's not your job to judge anybody else. But one day, every one of us is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to have to answer for our sins. And you know what my answer is going to be? I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Yeah, I'm guilty, but I plead the blood. Because, yes, I'm a sinner, but I know it was the blood. But over and over, all atonement did, all the blood of bulls and goats did, is pacify it for another year. 
And the sins would just roll forward for another year, and they just kept building up and building up. And by the time another year came around, the covering that was done for the, by the blood of bull and goats the last year, it wasn't big enough to cover anymore. There was more sin seeping out from under the cover, so now you got to do it all over again. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible, not even possible, that the blood of bulls and goats should, didn't say atone for, should take away sins. It wasn't, the blood of bulls and goats made an atonement for the soul, but it could not take away the sin. You guys are going to understand that. I know this is not like up and down preaching and all that, and you're not jumping up and down and all that, but you need to understand the power of the blood this morning, right? The blood of bulls and goats, all it could do was pacify the anger of God. It could not remove the sin, and, and God would still keep getting angry over the sin because it was still there. He couldn't forget it because it was still there. It was just covered up. It was just swept under the rug, so to speak. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son into the world. Jesus came to be, as John the Baptist said, the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus didn't come to cover up your sins. He didn't come to pacify the anger of God. He came to take away the sins of the world. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. You know what remission means? It means the taking away or the washing away, the removing of sin. That's what it means. Jesus came so he could take away the sin, not just cover it up, not just pacify the anger of God. He, he, he came so he could take away all of the sins of the world. He came to take away, to remove it, to wash us completely. The blood of bulls and goats could never do that but one day they led my savior to a hill called calvary and there isaiah 53 and verse 5 tells us he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities the chastisement of my peace was upon him and with his stripes i am healed in verse 6 what does it say in verse 6 all we like sheep have gone astray all of us, every single one of us, we've gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. We all tried to do it our own way, and we all tried to do it the way we wanted to do it, but it wasn't good enough. And so the Lord laid on him, laid on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus shed his blood to take away my sins. He shed his blood to take away your sins. He shed his blood to take away all the sins of the whole world. His blood is so much greater than the blood of bulls and goats i know it was the blood i know it was the blood i thank god for the blood this morning because without the blood i would never be free and i would never be clean and i could never be healed i know it was the blood Hebrews 10, 16 through 18, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. you got to listen to this. The blood of bulls and goats, all it could do was cover the sins. This is what the blood of Jesus does. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, 
and in their minds will I write them. And if you got your Bible out, go ahead and get it out and highlight this next verse. Circle it, underline it, whatever you got to do. Make it stand out. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. With the blood of Christ, my sins are remitted. They're washed away. And they are forgotten to be remembered no more. Verse 18 says, now, now that the blood of Christ has been shed, now that the blood of Christ has been applied to my life, where remission of these is, there is no more offering. Maybe you need to just underline those three words. No more offering for sin. We don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats anymore. Nobody else's blood needs to be shed anymore. I don't have to die the death that I was supposed to die. I don't have to shed my blood because he did it all on Calvary when he shed his blood for me. Why is there no more offering? It's because the sins have been taken away. And God says, because of the blood of Jesus, I will remember your sins no more. It is as if they no longer exist. I know it was the blood. And somebody needs to understand that right now. Your sins in God's mind no longer exist. As long as you have obeyed the Acts 2.38 plan of salvation to repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. When you do that, your sins have been washed away. You have, they've been completely taken away. And God says, I will remember your sin no more. Psalm 103, verse 12, maybe my favorite verse, close to my favorite verse. I got a bunch of them, but it says, as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? Now, there's some theological things I could talk about, but I'm just going to put it to you in plain terms. You can't tell where the east starts and the west ends. And you can't tell where the west starts and the east ends. It's an infinite number. It's, it's a number that you cannot measure. It's an immeasurable number. And so God said, I have cast, so as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions or our sins from us. He said, I have cast your sins so far away that you can't even measure how far away they are. So far away that he can't see them anymore. You know why? I know it was the blood. Because he can't see through the blood. Now, I just said something God can't do, right? He won't see through the blood. All he needs to see is the blood. Because when he sees the blood, it's all gone. It's all wiped away. There's no more sin. And when the accuser of the brethren comes and tries to tell God how bad you are and all the bad things you did, the Lord's looking through his book and he's looking around and he's like, I don't see that. All I see is the blood. I see the blood, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, just like they did in, in, in Egypt when they were coming out of Egypt. When the death angel came, the death angel passed over them whenever they saw the blood on the doorpost. Why? Because it was the blood that made an atonement, and it is the blood that removes our sins, and that we can see it. God can see it no longer. 
He won't. He refuses to look at it because all he needs to see is the blood. And I've come to remind somebody this morning that you are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Look at your neighbor and say, I know it was the blood. I came to remind you that there is power in the blood of Jesus this morning. I came to remind somebody there's wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. There is power like you've never experienced in the blood of Jesus. There is delivering power in the blood of Jesus. There is saving power in the blood of Jesus. There is healing power in the blood of Jesus. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. Sometimes we forget how powerful the blood of Jesus is, but it can wash away every stain. It washes away and wipes out every sin. And this is why I believe the whole point of this message is, is there are so many Christians that are walking around in condemnation because of their past. But I know it was the blood. Jesus does not remember The sins of your past. He doesn't. As long as you've obeyed Acts 2.38. He does not remember the sins of your past. And he will not bring them up to you, by the way. He can't bring something up he doesn't remember. So you need to understand to discern that voice. When that voice tries to come to you and say, and, and, and see, this is what Satan does. He will, he will uh, kind of disguise his voice to make you think it's God. And he'll sometimes use scripture and, and he'll use a scripture or something along the lines. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear my prayer. I don't know what's going on in there. Just forget about it. Y'all need to hear this right now. He will try to use scripture. He'll come as an angel of light and he'll try to get you. To beat yourself up over something that God's already forgotten. And he'll try to condemn you for it. And some of you need to learn to listen. If what he's saying, if, if, if whatever that voice is saying to you is trying to condemn you or beat you up over your past sins, that is not the voice of God. And you need to go ahead and say, I know it was the blood. I plead the blood. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Satan, you can't bring up, you can rebuke it in the name of Jesus because that, and by the way, demons tremble at the name of Jesus and they have to flee at the name of Jesus and you've got authority over them in the name of Jesus. You can tell them, I command you to flee in the name of Jesus. Uh, matter of fact, just get rude with them and say, shut up in the name of Jesus. I don't have to listen to you anymore because it's under the blood. I know it was the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Condemnation is not of God. He's not going to bring up your past because your past is under the blood. All he sees is the blood. And once the blood is there, it's like that reset button in a video game. It's all over for the past and you get to start all over again. Thankful for a God of second chances. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that gives me a second chance. He doesn't remember my sins anymore, and neither should I. Some of you, 
Have you even been beating yourself up? Because you might not be getting beat up over the sins of your past, but maybe you're getting beat up because you have a weakness and, and you keep stumbling here and there and falling there and just kind of messing up with this or messing up. Like, look, none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm standing up here preaching, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm like the farthest one from that should be preaching a message like this. All right, we're not perfect. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our struggles. But you need not beat yourself up over that. And some of you are doing that. Oh, I, I messed up, or I, 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 I get, I, you know, I keep doing this, or I keep slipping up. If you look in your bulletin, there's a verse there, and we're going to read that. We're going to read a couple other verses with it. But 1 John chapter 1. Verses 7 through 9, I had no idea that that was going to be on the bulletin this morning, but it, it, it's pretty cool. I love the way how God puts things together. John said, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And look at this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say, verse 8, that we have no sin. This is for all y'all holier than thou folks out there. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I didn't just call you a liar. God did. But this is the verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We all mess up but the blood. <laughs> I know it was the blood. If I confess my weakness, if I confess the fault, if I confess my mistake, he is faithful and he is just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He is just, which means he is right to do it. He's right to forgive you. Some of you think God shouldn't forgive you or can't forgive you because you think you've been too bad or, or, or you keep doing the same thing over and you keep falling and you're so weak. And how can God ever use me and how can God ever do anything with me and do anything with my life because I'm just this weak vessel and I just, I'll just never amount to anything. And you're letting the devil beat you up like that. And no, no, no. The Bible says that he is just or he is right to forgive us. Why? Because of the precious blood of Christ. I know it was the blood. It is the blood that makes him right to forgive us because it is the blood that washes it away in the first place. Come on, somebody. Proverbs 24, 16, Solomon said this, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into, into mischief. Who's a just man? A just man is simply a man who has been washed in the blood. See, when I confess my sins, what am I doing? I'm just, I'm shaking, I'm, I'm wiping the dust off of me, I'm picking myself up, and I'm getting back up again by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah, I'm going to fall. Yeah, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to slip up, but I don't have to stay down. A just man, a man who is washed in the blood of Christ can fall, but he'll keep rising and keep rising and keep rising. A wicked man will fall into mischief. Well, who's a wicked man? It's a man that hasn't been washed in the blood of Christ. But if you've been washed in the blood of Christ, you can get back up, dust yourself off, and say, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. He died on the cross. I know it was the blood for me. When I repent, 
The blood flows. When I confess, the blood flows. And there is nothing that can stop the flow of the blood of Christ in my life as long as I maintain that position of repentance and that position of confession. As long as I don't stay down in the dirt, but I get myself back up. Rejoice not over me, O oh mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise by the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to get back up. You can knock me down if you want to, but I'm going to get back up by the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to stay down. You might have got me. You thought you took me out, but by the blood of Jesus. I'm still standing. I'm still alive. You thought you took me out, but no. I'm still standing by the blood of the Lamb. Why could Paul say in Romans chapter 8, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He said, I am persuaded that neither life Nothing that happens in life, no matter how good or how bad it is, can separate me from the love of Christ. Nor death can separate me from the love of Christ. Or famine, or peril, or persecution, or any of these things. None of these things are able to separate me from the love of Christ. Why? I know it was the blood for me. The blood of Jesus is the reason why I can never be separated from the love of Christ. Because no matter how many times I mess up, if I get back up and I get on my feet and I say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood again. He will do it. He is faithfully just to do it. I know it was the blood. Would you stand with me, please, musicians? Would you come? We got to learn how to plead the blood. Come on, somebody. Stop letting the enemy try to talk you out of your salvation. I want to say that again. Stop letting the enemy try to talk you out of your salvation. He has no power against the blood of Jesus. Come on now. I said Satan has no power against the blood of Jesus. He cannot go through the blood. You know why he's always trying to remind you of your past? Because he's living in his past. And he's afraid of his own future. He's afraid of your future. Oh, somebody needs to hear this right now. The devil's afraid of your future. Because in your future, you're a soldier of Jesus Christ. And in your future, you're a terror to the kingdom of darkness. In your future, in your future, you are going to wreak havoc on the kingdom of this world. In your future, you are the devil's worst nightmare. He's afraid of your future. Come on, somebody. You know why? Because of the blood. Because of the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. And so I'm going to close with this. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 23. Having therefore, brethren, look at this word, boldness. You know what it means? It means free and fearless confidence. Having therefore, brethren, free and fearless confidence to enter into the holiest. By what? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And having in a high priest 
over the house of God. This is what we need to do today. This is the whole crux of this message. Verse 23 tells us, or 22 tells us, let us draw near. Can you get that up there, Brother Andres? Verse 22, I don't know if it froze up. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. I came to assure somebody this morning that the blood of Jesus makes you worthy to go into the presence of God. By the blood of Jesus, you can draw near to Jesus. That's the whole reason he shed his blood so that you can draw nigh to him again. And the Bible says if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast. You can hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering through the blood of Jesus Christ, for he is faithful who promised. And so we're going to do altar call just a little bit differently. If you feel like you want to come down to the altar, by all means, you can come down to the altar. But what I want us to do is I've asked Sister Sarah to play some songs about the blood. And I want us just to sing about the blood during our altar call today. And I want you to let your faith begin to rise as we sing about the blood. We got some praise singers that could help. I'd appreciate that. We got somebody that could come and help us with that. We're going to sing about the blood. And as we sing, let, let your faith begin to rise. And understand that the blood of Jesus Christ is the most powerful force that's out there. Can we sing? singers that can help out.
gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna worship and we're gonna praise. We're gonna sing about the blood a little bit. I think we all should know this one.
Aren't you thankful for the power of the blood this morning? The blood of Jesus. There is nothing greater. There is no power greater. And I hope you leave here this morning with the full assurance that you can draw near to Jesus by the blood of the Lamb. He loves you. And he wants you to be as close to him as you can possibly be. And that's possible through the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So just take it into consideration as you're leaving today that you don't have to be separated from God and you don't have to be out there struggling and you don't have to be out there groveling around and letting the devil beat you up because the blood of Jesus is greater than anything the devil can throw your way. Amen? The song says it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valleys. The blood that Jesus shed for me, it will never lose its power. Never, never lose its power. So go with that. We love you. Don't forget we have service tonight. The youth are going to be leading our service. It's going to be a great time. God bless you. We love you very much. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.